Hello, it's Charlotte's sister C. Farrell, host of Powered by Age, Canada's longest-running senior-led podcast that invites you to do what you love. This podcast is for you if you love writing or telling stories, if you love sharing poetry or doing interviews. This podcast is for you if you love working on ways to create age-friendly cities. This podcast is for you if you love learning how to tame technology and get more out of virtual events, if you love finding more ways to share your heritage or traditions. If you love any of these things, you can go beyond listening and join our weekly podcast group. Simply email pbaafc at gmail.com and put your name in the subject line. Powered by Age is sponsored by the Government of Canada, New Horizons Grant, the 411 Senior Center Society, and G&F Financial Group. Hello and welcome to Powered by Age. This is Thursday, the 6th day of January 2022, the first Thursday, and it's Powered by Age. And today we're going to be doing three interesting things. Part of our agenda is looking at what topics and activities you want to see in our future agendas. Uh, The other is exploring what the connection is between three words that start with these two letters, B-R, B-E, and B-A. And then people were invited ahead of time if anyone has a story, poem, or song, or drawing about the coldest day you remember in your life. And then we have the invitation to invite other people. I'll start again. I think I said who I am. I'm Charlotte Farrell. (laughs) I am a poet, health educator, and the host of this podcast. And I acknowledge that our podcast takes place on the unceded lands of the Musqueam, Squanish, and Selewatooth people. We also acknowledge gratitude for our sponsors, the 411 Senior Center, the Government of Canada, New Horizons Grant, and the GNF Financial Company. We are a nonprofit center. And this week, all of the senior centers got the bad news that while we were all excited to starting to get together and have functions within our centers, under the health order, uh, we have to shut down, cannot have even the 15 people that were allowed in the day. So I know within the 411 Center and just about every other one, they're looking at ways to have remote activities, looking at the podcast as one of the things we'll do at the beginning is if there's any announcement from our center or any other center announcements that they want to give to people either about a particular issue or something happening at their center or a new health protocol, we'll be having breaking news. Breaking news either from 411 or it might be from downtown east side or other place. If there's something that's happening in an organization that you belong in, or if Chris hears something that's happening with the Vancouver uh, City Council, at the top of the hour each time, we'll be looking at sharing these breaking news things with each other. Today, I would like you to introduce yourself with what is one thing that you realized with this unseasonably high level of snow Vancouver had this week. So let's start with you, Leslie. Well, I really don't know. I, I think, you know, we've had snow like this before. I remember one year we had four feet of snow and my son actually had to go shopping for us on skis. Um, the cars were buried. We couldn't even move the cars. So, um, yeah, I've realized the wisdom of being stocked up 
you know, of having, you know, food in the house, non-perishables that you can rely on if you can't get out shopping. I guess that's one thing. Oh, that's important. I saw a lot of people stocking up on rock salt yesterday, and they were asking people not to hoard. And the TV mm-hmm. camera got right in on this woman that was putting six bags of rock salt in her trunk. <laughs> uh, what about you, Jeannie? Well, I can't dry. I can't drive in this weather at all, even if this because I have a Prius. And the year that my Prius came out. It doesn't drive in snow, which I think is a ridiculous thing for any car to not be able to drive in snow. Uh, what about you, Chris? Uh, one of the things I realized to some extent is that uh, having grown up in Prince George uh, and having spent uh, 17 years of my life living in um, Albany, New York, there's a part of me that actually misses the snow. Um, I know it's a pain. I know I can't get out. Um, I, I am shut in. I can't go anywhere. But it's also beautiful. Um, and the other day, it, there was a blue sky and white snow. And, and it was just, it, it was that picture, that postcard kind of image, right? So... As much and all as it's a pain and it's inconvenient and it causes all kinds of disruptions, there is also a beauty, a beauty to it if we can see through all that mess. Very true. Uh, Dr. Ramona? Um, the first thing I was struck with is surprise because when we moved from Toronto, everyone told me, it never snows in Vancouver, and it's not cold there. <laughs> so I was really surprised to see it coming down so much in these past few days. But I have to agree with Chris. It's new to me, and I really find it beautiful. Though I, um, I also agree with that idea of, you know, wisdom of stocking up, which I, I didn't do. <laughs> these are perishables because because I'm used to walking out every day and going to the, the whole foods every day. <laughs> so this was this was a lesson to me, but I still love looking at it. And I just miss walking though. It's like quite painful. I did try to crawl going through the snow and very, very fearful that maybe it's icy underneath the snow on the top and I could slip, etc. So that's what I feel about the reason. Yeah, it can snow. be quite treacherous. I actually avoid yes, going yeah. out at all if I can help it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, like you, I was told that Vancouver rarely gets snow. I, some years ago in 1989, yeah, 89, I, on a snowy day, I was in this accident, I got hurt. I, I went to the States and I would not come to Canada f- between the months of October and March or even April because it has snowed in, in March before. But my daughter said, oh, we hardly ever get any snow in Vancouver. And when it snows, you know, in two days it melts. 
well, I've been here two years and it's been like that. So when they said, I had something that I needed to get done at Vital Statistics. So I take the handy dart. I had this day planned perfectly. Got the handy dart. I had two hours allowed because I thought I'll walk around Robeson Square and just see some of the beauty of downtown. I came out of the building on Robeson and there were these huge snowflakes. And I realized the thing that I did not realize is that people in Vancouver don't know what direction they're going. I needed to go to <laughs> 701 uh, Georgia and I was at 605 uh, Robeson. And so I crossed over and I said, but I don't know whether it's down the street or up the street. I asked three people, and mind you, this big snow is falling down. People are looking at me like I'm crazy. I have my walker. I have a hood on over my hat. And um, people said they didn't know. I said, but are the larger numbers going this way or are the larger numbers going that way? Asked three people. None of them knew. I kept walking and saying, well, I just kind of think that maybe they run that way. Finally, about the six, I asked three people who got out their phone. And they couldn't, they're trying to orient with the phone. I realized a lot of people don't know how to use this map thing in their phone. And they live here. Or they're younger than me. Uh, finally, I found a man who told me it's back that way. <laughs> and so I made my way there. And then a, a second thing I realized, I've had this belief in the handy darts. I felt very secure about the handy darts because I said, they're big. They have all this steel. And if something happens, you know, I'll be on the handy dart. I got on the handy dart and we're on Fraser Street. And Jeannie, you know how Fraser has these dips and curves in it. I was talking to somebody on the phone. I, I don't even remember who I was talking to. The bus started sliding backwards. It's going down the hill. And I'm thinking, no, this kid, I'm not supposed to be in an accident again in the snow. Then I see this guy struggling and he's going. The, the wheels started to turn in the direction of the cars coming the opposite way. I started praying out loud, <laughs> praying for angels, for God to strengthen this driver that he could get the bus turned straight again. <laughs> and so I don't even know who I was talking to, but when we got to my house, the driver said, thank you for your prayer. <laughs> but yes, I am staying in. I canceled anything that I'm going to. And I went to the 411 Center because I wanted to find out what we were going to be doing now that, you know, with the public health order. So like lots of places, everybody is making now two sets of things to be protective of yourself from COVID, to not to have your mask and to do all the things that you have to do to uh, either not receive or not pass on the virus. And so I also realized of all the things that they're taking people to do, telling people to do, there isn't a lot of talk about our immune system. So I know some of you each have different things that you take or do to use or strengthen your immune system. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Not that there's anything that prevents COVID, but we do know that uh, while people are being told to isolate at home, it is important or good if we can share things that you could eat, drink, or do that do help your body while you are isolating at home. Okay, I see Neil has joined us. Neil was here, and then Neil went away. But <laughs> we were just sharing as each person introduced himself, what was some insight you had about this heavy surprise snow day we had this week? Hey, I'm, I took the day off today. I, I'm doing absolutely nothing. And 
as you all know, Michelle is in China right now, so it's uh, 5, 4.20 in the morning in China right now where she is. So uh, we talk daily. So, And she tells me I need to stay home, although, although yesterday she, I had to go out and I had lunch with a friend and, and went shopping two or three places. So had a had a great day yesterday. But uh, I take my vitamins and uh, and wear a mask. What vitamins do you take? Um uh, D3, I take 3,000 milligrams of vitamin C, uh, uh, of D3, and uh, usually 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C, but I don't do that every day. And I don't do um, the, uh, what do they call the vitamin for your stomach that's... Uh, Probiotics, I do that maybe twice a week, maybe even only once a week. I, 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 I tell you honestly is that I just feel absolutely 50 years old or not a moment older. 30 years younger than the numbers. That's a great way to feel. <laughs> 32 years younger than, than the Yes, it's a good point about vitamin C, not taking a thousand milligrams every day of all the, 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 the vitamins. Vitamin C is the one that the more you take, the higher it sets your, uh, the amount that you need. During times when you're you know, trying to not get a cold or fighting a cold, taking 500 milligrams a day is not so bad. But when you take too much, it can cause you to have to go to the bathroom a lot. It can cause you to be really it's upset it's and to need more. It's actually called diarrhea. But, well, uh, <laughs> yes, that is the word. <laughs> but, but, it happens but, if you eat too much fresh fruit, too. Hey, Joel. Hey, I just want to say one thing about about vitamins, and and that is, is that your body knows what you need. You have to respond to the body. That's the 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 common point for all of us, and that is, it, it's what your body needs. And uh, I did I do a whole lot of vitamin D, sunshine. In fact. I had an MD who's now retired who said that I probably should take 5,000 milligrams and, and Michelle, because of their skin color of Asians, should probably take 10. So, but anyway, I, I've got well, you know, I'd be cautious about vitamin D because it's one of the fat soluble vitamins and it can build up in your system. Um, yes. I take it. It's a sunshine vitamin, right? So I take it on the days that I don't get outside, the days I don't get exposure to sunshine. Yeah, well, right now, there's no sunshine. Yeah, so. right now, it's pretty much every day, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When did, vitamin when does D it... is actually involved in about 90,000 reactions in the body. But as Leslie said, it's a fat-soluble vitamin. So when you, if you overdo it, you can't just, like, drink a lot of water and flush it out. And you can't squeeze your liver or kidney to get it out. But uh, 1,000 to 2,000 is the amount that has been 
kind of recommended to work along with vitamin C. They work as a pair. So with the immune system, C and D work together. D helps your body to, it also works in the, as a teammate with calcium and magnesium to help strengthen your bones or just make your joints feel well. So it's good not to take the great mega doses. When you see something that's got 10,000 units, it's too much. But one or 2,000, you can kind of tell too. Like you said, your body will tell you when you're taking too much of a particular thing because it'll change how different things exiting your body look. <laughs> uh, what about you, Dr. Ramona? Are there any teas or particular things that you drink to just feel fortified during the, the uh, cold, wet times? Um, yeah, in the morning, I, I use this herb called uh, Trifala. Trifala contains amla. So you get that, uh, it's a mixture of three, three herbs. So like a quarter teaspoon of that and a pinch of turmeric and a pinch of pepper and a pinch of uh, ajwain. I don't know what we could call ajwain, carom seeds in English, so in hot water. So I start my day with a glass of that. And then I follow it with coffee. But I, after breakfast, I do have B3, B12, um, vitamin C, and zinc. That's it. Yes, zinc is another thing that um, works together with vitamin C. It works with your mm -hmm. immune system. It also helps your appetite or sense of taste. There's different things that happen over life that will change and affect your taste. And sometimes people will think, you know, with, with lack, loss of taste being associated with COVID, sometimes when people have a loss of taste that might just be related to medicines they're taking or the weather, they'll think, oh my goodness, I have COVID, but it's not. It's just that there are other things <laughs> that can affect your taste. And sometimes with medicines having a small amount, zinc is a really small micronutrient, but 15 milligrams is a, a good, a safe amount to take. When you have, I've seen some stores and things featuring 50 milligrams, but when you have too much zinc, it can cause you to have a headache. So it's good. To, oh, look at that hat Jeannie's got. <laughs> Uh, it's a good thing that works with your with other nutrients, but just not to take too excessive an amount. Jeannie, tell us about your hat. She's got a hat on that looks just like a, a giant ring. It's beautiful. Mexican. <laughs> well, I I went uh, on March 13, 1920 was my birthday and there I am in Las Margaritas having my birthday photo and and that's a Mexican hat that they put on your head for for birthdays. Wow. Las Margaritas on fourth? Yep. Oh great restaurant. I love that place. I like it too. I remember when it started. Huh. I've, I've lived in uh, Vancouver now almost, well, over 50 years. <laughs> um, before that, I'm from Los Angeles. 
Hey, Jeannie, did you bring enough for all of us? Enough cake? <laughs> yeah, the, the birthday cake. The birthday cake. Well, it's a photograph of a past time. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, I love that hat. It just, it looks like it has jewels in it. The way the design, it looks like they're diamonds around the circle, the, the, uh, the brim of the hat. Yeah. Uh, lovely memory for a cold day to think of a warm place. Did somebody oh, say oh, jewels? There you are. We've been seeing your image. <laughs> Did somebody say jewels? I heard jewels and I was like, oh, hey, that's me. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the picture that JD was sharing was uh, was <clears throat> with the hat and it had these beautiful jewels around the crown. Sorry. So we, uh, before you came on, one of the things that I had asked everybody, was there a, any particular insight you had with this sudden heaviest snow of the year surprise in Vancouver? Um, <laughs> I don't, well, I mean, I was, I worked really, really late at the studio just because it was snowing so bad and I was just waiting for it to stop. So uh, it didn't really stop until like 3 a.m., and then I walked home in the snow. So I'm just kind of groggy getting back, getting back in uh, some sort of semblance of consciousness. But um, yeah, I don't have any insights other than it's a lot of snow. So. <laughs> <laughs> and man, is the, when people say it doesn't really snow in Vancouver, uh, don't believe them. They don't. <laughs> Somebody say. else is writing yeah. the script for the weather. <laughs> Well, the point is with Vancouver, it gets a lot of precipitation, right? 90% of the time that's rain, but sometimes you get this like perfect storm of a lot of precipitation plus cold temperatures. And every once in a while, you get a dump. Where did the notion, because I've heard them say a lot, a perfect storm. What does a perfect storm really mean? Well, there was a movie called The Perfect Storm, and it right. was about yep. how um, the weather patterns come together in this sort of uh, once-in-a-lifetime combination where conditions are just perfect for the worst storm ever. Ironic to say that on January the 6th, right, in uh, some mm -hmm. other context that kind of mm -hmm. had a perfect storm. But um, I, uh, I have a couple things I wanted to bring up. I'm just here briefly uh, as I've got to get back on a call, but... I've got a link to the Beatles thing that we did. Was it last week already? Yes, already. <laughs> last year, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've got a link to that where I've, uh, I've edited in the audio and fixed it up so that it doesn't have the skips from the Zoom mm -hmm. and has a bit more uh, of the, the backing track in there. So I'll put that in the chat for you guys. It actually turned out pretty reasonably. Um, Next time, I'll make sure I warm up my voice before I try anything like that. And that brings me to point number two is uh, that gave me an idea for a thing that I would like to see if you guys are interested in me coming back and doing some more uh, songs on another uh, session. Is that this idea called Threefers, which is three songs. We had, had three Beatles songs there. And before that, there was three um, Dean Martin Christmas songs and the idea of a threefer is that I've got three songs for you and I have to choose out of the catalog of an artist, three songs 
and put them in a particular order that creates a nice opening, middle and close three act narrative, if you want to call it that. So mm-hmm. I wanted to come back at a, at a future PBA uh, with three songs from an artist that uh, I think you'll appreciate and then uh, attempt to sing those songs as a little three for uh, attempt. So. Sounds like an excellent idea. Yeah. What about songs about a particular theme? Because sometimes with that show, we try to have a theme. So you think it would work with three songs that might be around the theme like? Like what? Yes, they would work with the theme. The way that uh, the, the, it's like a game that, that my friends and I play or that, uh, well, Luke and I actually came up with it. Uh, <laughs> of course we did. Where the, the argument is, okay, if you, if I have a, a band or an artist or some musical uh, thing and you want to convince your audience that they should listen to this artist or listen to this band and you've got their entire catalog to choose from, but you can only pick three songs to try to make your argument. And then you have to put those songs in an order that you think will, will make them go, oh yeah, I want to listen to this band or this artist. And you can do it with anyone. You can do it mm-hmm. with Sinatra. You could do it with the Beatles. You could do it with uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, if you will. I don't know. <laughs> um, so anyway, we, Luke and I call it three firsts. And I was like, you know, that was a lot of fun doing those, uh, those sessions the last two weeks. And it happened to be three songs for each. I didn't really think about that until I went and put it together. And I'm like, maybe I'll, uh, I'll pick another artist and come back, uh, you know, like a Neil Diamond, perhaps, or a, uh, uh, I was actually going to do the band with some Canadian content there. They're a Canadian artist. So, uh, so anyway, Gordon, I'll take requests. Gordon Lightfoot. Wow. Okay. I'd have to learn. I mean, I, I know I'd have to learn those songs because he's a poet, right? And you can't really mess around. <laughs> you can't garble your way through the words uh, when he's a wordsmith. So I'd have to put some thought into Gordon Lightfoot, but that's a great idea. Um, and, uh, and anyway, yeah, it was just something that I thought about and I wanted to bring to you guys' attention uh, while I had you here. And um, I'll come back on another week and with three songs to sing. So, yeah, that's a great idea. Does anybody else have any particular artists you'd like for him to think about or consider? I make no guarantees that I can, <laughs> <laughs> I can do what I can. I'm pretty versatile in the vocals, but uh, well, we'll see. So, but yeah, um, I leave it up to Joe because if you sing something you love and you're familiar with, it's going to come across, right? That's right. Yeah. So, anyway, that's uh, that's my uh, 2022 start of the year with the resolution or whatever you want to say and uh and uh we'll go from there so oh yeah and i'll put the link uh to that to those uh recordings in the chat for you okay okay will you also email it to me yes i did PBA. okay well, I, I saw a link, I, but i wasn't sure what the link was to uh i didn't email it i sent it by text so i'll send you an email properly okay I don't see it in the chat. Uh, I'm Maybe just getting the link. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I'm thinking by, by mid-February, you could think of who, maybe three romantic songs to go with Valentine's Day, whatever. Yes, Valentine's that's definitely. <laughs> uh, I just got to find the, the link, though. I'll come back to it one sec. But, uh, in the band that I work with, the live karaoke band, we have these themes that try to manage our songs because there's so many songs. We have a monthly theme. 
And, uh, and the theme in February is uh, one of the themes is uh, Van Halen Tines Day because there's a band called Van Halen. And so we have Van Halen's time, Van Halen Tines Day. So it's any song from Van Halen, but it's also any love song or anything that has something to do with the theme of Valentine's. So that's what we would focus on on our, our month of February. So I've got a bunch of uh, those types of songs, like Sinatra type of love songs and torch songs and broken hearted songs as much as the, uh, the love filled ones. So I'm sure I can dig something up. And, uh, and then the frozen lager. A frozen lager? It's a Canadian song. It sounds like a, a nice beer at the moment. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I would make Joel a quick recommendation, and that would be Van Morrison because oh, yes. your, your <laughs> voice your voice works with that, and he's got a, 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 a catalog of some really, really great songs. And my, one of my favorites is Madam George. So oh, Awesome. Okay, Van Morrison is – I definitely do a lot of uh, – Van Morrison, Into the Mystics, like one of my all-time oh, Yes, 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 yes. So uh, I'll, I'll make sure I, I uh, conspire around some sort of Van Morrison tune. Thanks, man. No problem. And now, with the shutdown that's happened, you know, with 411, we were all planned to open, and now the building, just the staff will be there working on hybrid or working on other communications. At your location, are you able to use any of the pod stream things with just a single individual coming in? Um, at, at the moment, no. But uh, when Luke gets back, he's still stuck in Mexico. Stuck in Mexico. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he just... Crocodile tears. What a hardship. Terrible. What yeah, a hardship. He... He needs to get back, but he uh, he couldn't get a test, I don't think, and so he's he's had to reschedule his his uh, trip to the fourteenth coming back. And who knows? Yeah, right? I had some friends that got stuck like that. They got their tests and everything. It took uh, well, they were actually in Florida, but they uh, they had a horrendous time getting a test. Lined up for four hours to get it, and then their flight was cancelled, and then they had to get another yeah. test. Yeah, I'm so uh, glad I didn't go down. My sister's birthday is today, and she was going to send me a ticket to come because it's her 66th, and she was going to use songs from Route 66, you know, the famous Route 66. Oh. And so many planes were being disrupted. I've said, I just don't want to get to have that happen because they've given a shorter time period. You used to have 72 hours for your COVID test, but moving it to 24, if one thing moves out of place, you could be really messed up. So... Yeah, we have to. That, Joel, I was saying at the beginning of the hour each hour, we, we're looking at doing some breaking news. So if there's breaking news about uh, something that a lot of people are calling in the 411 Center to know about, or breaking news about, uh, like today, they canceled the places for booster shots. But anything that you know of that are coming up that we could share as either tips news doesn't have to be all the tragic news it might be a good thing that somebody uh is giving away carrots and that their carrot roots are <laughs> plants that you could have but um in the beginning our first 10 minutes we want to have some kind of news and there was something else we wanted to look at at, at trying some people are writing um moving from where we've got our 
audio recorded, our poetry and stuff recorded, but to have some music behind it, to experiment with having some sound or something behind. So it would be, it's kind of hard when we're just trying to use our, the microphones that are in Zoom. So if there's a time or a place where one person could come and we could just experiment with some, having some tones or sounds that go with the story or that go with the poem, then maybe you could let us know how feasible you think that would be. Yeah, at some point that should be feasible. Right now we're um, we're not quite set up. Right now I'm just kind of scrambling to get some things in order. We, um, we had another band that we, was... Uh, they had to move out of their space, but they didn't want to leave the building. The person who had the space ended up getting somebody else in and they didn't want to leave. So I was trying to fit them into our space, but they really needed their own proper equipment laid out because I, I'd have to get them to tear everything down and then reset it up every time. Um, but they ended up did they ended up getting their space, but right now things are kind of discombobulated and not really set up. So, so I'm waiting for Luke. But on the positive side, by getting them to come in, they've got two really fantastic female singers. One's, I mean, the, their voices work really well together. One's got a super powerful, strong voice, and got her to come in and help out on this recording project that I'm working on because I'm like, ah, you know, I just needs it needs another type of vocal coming in. So she came in and did something like that and loved the whole setup. So it's going to get there. It's just uh, finding where the right things to go, where uh, on the right placement for things and where to put the equipment and where to store it. And we're still working that out, but, but it's, it's good. It's better now than, than we took one of the pods out completely and uh, somebody in Abbotsford has it now. So it's opened up a lot of space that we can do some more interesting things with like a group panel uh, rather than just people isolated in smaller pods. But I know it's probably hard, hard for me to describe what we're doing until we actually get it set up. So you'll see it. It'll be good. And uh, I have to step off now. So okay. I just want to say Happy New Year. And uh, I will be back with more info about uh, future song selections. And uh, we'll we'll get this year of 2022 going properly. All right. Okay. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night. I wanted to um, to say that I had written something for the coldest day in my memory. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, me too. I did as well. Yeah, and I have um, I have one as well. Okay. So we'll start with Jeannie and then Chris and Leslie. Okay. It was 45 years ago today, 1977. Henry was having a show at the Photographer's Gallery in Saskatoon. He and I and our nine-month-old son, Frank, had flown out to attend the show. We landed in town and went to Nusha's house to spend the days, our days in town. January on the prairies is cold. <laughs> colder than a witch's tit. Minus 40 degrees cold. When the temperature reaches minus 40 degrees, it's the same in Fahrenheit and Celsius. Uh -huh. It was so cold that every day before we went out, we had to call the auto club 
to warm up the frozen grease and the differential enough to drive. And don't think she had been, the Nusha had been lax. Throughout the night, the car had been in the garage and plugged into the electricity, but at minus 40 degrees below zero, you still needed to call the auto club to get it started. The way they did it was to hook the car up to a tow truck and drive it backwards around the block as many times as necessary until the car would start. Then the trick was to have enough gas in the tank to go out for the whole day since you couldn't turn off the motor or it would refreeze again. This day we decided we wanted to go to Batage. This was the location of the provincial, go the provisional government of Saskatchewan with Louis Riel as their political leader and the Battle of Duck Lake between the Métis led by Gabriel Dumont. The Canadians were routed and the Northwest Rebellion was begun. We all squeezed into the station wagon, Henry and me and Frank wrapped, in fur wrapped in a fur blanket I had made in the days when you could buy a fur coat for $10 at the Sally Ann. Greta Wagner and Nusha driving. Henry sat in the front seat next to Nusha so he could scrape the inside of the windshield every few minutes to scrape off the ice forming from the moisture of our breaths. We drove about 50 miles on that totally frozen road with hardly another car in sight. Me with my fingers crossed hoping that the car wouldn't stall. All we saw when we got there was a tiny church full of bullet holes and a frozen graveyard. The memorial was closed after all. Who would come and visit such a site in midwinter at minus 40 below? Then we drove across the frozen Saskatchewan River to Duck Lake to a spoon where we got lunch. That evening we all went to Henry's opening where he showed the photography the photographs of Maddie Gunterman and sold his famous book Flapjacks and Photographs. After we had checked out the show, we girls walked down the block to the bar in the Sask Hotel, carrying the sleeping baby and walking into the night at 40 degrees below. I'll tell you it was cold. <laughs> <laughs> That was, I turned to Henry this morning and said, we're supposed to write about our coldest day we ever remember. We both remember the same moment. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the city again? Saskatoon. Saskatoon. <laughs> wow. Made me cold just listening to it. Just think when you when you said they had to take the car around the block backwards, I thought I would have stayed in with the fire. <laughs> You're brave. Well, thanks for sharing. That was the stupidest thing I did because if anything had happened with the car, there was nobody out there. And we were, you know, I don't know how quite quickly one could get, get frozen. But we stopped for lunch and and the car ran sitting in the 
parking lot the whole time because you didn't turn it off. Uh, hey, Jeannie, did you say that was 77, 1977? Yes, it was. I was in Edmonton in 1977. The month of February was the warmest it got for the month of February was minus 35. And the guy that lived across the street from me to keep his truck able to, he put a popcorn blower underneath his oil pan and that ran all night keeping the engine warm was hot air blowing up to, uh, to keep the oil pan to keep the car from seizing up you know what she did that too but it didn't it wasn't enough <laughs> 40 below is, is is that's pretty cold uh, okay uh chris Okay. Yes, mine has a forty below as well. Uh, let me just let me just find it here a minute. Uh, it's in here somewhere. Come on, come on. Here we are. Okay. I don't even know if it was the coldest day. I don't even know what day it was. Maybe December twenty second or twenty third. All I remember is that it was a few days before Christmas. I had been living and working in Southeast Asia for a few years, Kuching and Labuan, Malaysia, and Syria, Brunei. I was there because I was a mem member of a Roman Catholic religious community of women. After I graduated from college, I was sent to that part of the world to teach. I had never taught a class in my life. The assumption was that if someone had a degree, they were able to teach. The thing is, I had spent four years studying mathematics. Once I arrived, I learned that I was to teach English. During the years I was teaching in that part of the world, I taught English language, English literature, and speech. I guess the theory was that if one had spoken English all one's life, it was possible to teach. In those days, the 1970s, we went where we were sent and did what we were told. So I did my best to teach the so I did my best to teach the girls in the missionary secondary school so that they would successfully they would be successful taking the overseas Cambridge exam. I don't remember the day, but I really do remember the day I received a letter from England. It was another assignment. I was told that I was to return to the US to take over an inner city daycare program in Albany, New York. I was stunned. From teaching secondary school in Southeast Asia to running an inner city daycare for three to five-year-olds. Besides, I had learned to enjoy teaching the subject I had. And there were the extracurricular activities, coaching track team, starting a guitar group that played in church on Sundays. I decided to write a letter to the superior and ask for another year. It wasn't something that was done, but I did it anyway. Eventually, I received a reply. No, I was directed to go as directed. I was to go as directed. My return to North America meant it would be possible to stop in British Columbia, where I had grown up and where my parents still lived. I wrote another letter requesting permission to spend a few days in Prince George with my family 
After all, I hadn't seen my parents for three years, and it would be just before Christmas. This time, the answer was positive. Now, Brunei is only 277 miles north of the equator. It is hot and humid every day with temperatures in the 80 degrees Fahrenheit or 30 centigrade. I left Brunei wearing a light blouse and skirt. That's all I had to wear. It was a very long flight, more than 22 hours. We crossed the international date line, eventually arriving in Vancouver. One more short flight, and I finally landed at the airport in Prince George. My parents were there to meet me. I didn't know what the temperature was, just that it was cold. We drove to the house. I spent the next few days wrapped in blankets. Every time my dad left the living room, I would sneak over and put the thermostat up. I learned that the temperatures were in the minus 40s. It was my coldest few days ever, a drop of 70 degrees. Wow. It's a wonder you didn't go into shock. (laughs) (laughs) It is a wonder. Well, I didn't I didn't I didn't go out. That's for sure. Just getting off the plane when that in in your dress and having to walk to the car must have been a shock. It was. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yes. So did your parents bring a coat for you at least? You know, I don't remember um, whether they did or not. I don't know whether they would even think about it. Right. They might have assumed you had one. Right. They might have. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's quite a long time ago now. So I, I remember I remember a lot of details, but I don't remember that much. Mm. Oh, Leslie, what about your coldest day memory? OK, this isn't really the coldest day. I mean, I've never experienced 40 below and I don't think I ever want to. Um, this is just something that I penned looking thinking about the cold snap that we're experiencing here. And uh, I've called it Twelfth Night because actually that's where we are right now. It's the twelfth day of Christmas, and the Christmas season is coming to an end. Okay, we have lit dark nights and cheered our hearts with carols, sacred and profane, with good times, good gifts, good food, and welcome New Year yet again. Now our celebration's just a memory. We pick up leftovers from our Yuletide feast boil up turkey bones for soup, and wait for springtime from the east. Like bears, we hibernate in silence. Let winter's blanket softly fall, clean and white to cover all. Mm, lovely. Oh, but uh, hibernate in silence. Oh, oh it's beautiful. Uh. May, can, can you put that in the chat? Oh yes, sure. Because I'd like to read that. I'd like to read that again because it's mm-hmm. uh, it's very beautiful. Thank okay, you. why don't I email it to you, Chris? I have to. Okay. Yeah, have that would paste be the file. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. I'll be fine. Yeah, it's yeah. lovely. Yeah, each uh, of those can you put your are... email in the chat, Chris? Because I think I've lost it. I actually yeah. lost my whole address book when I updated to Windows Eleven. So. My story was a contrast that 
I haven't I, I started trying to write it as a poem, but really it was just a, a miraculous thing from the accident that I had on the coldest day. It was minus 30 degrees Celsius in Toronto on the day that I was in the accident where I got hurt. And I avoided coming to Canada during the cold months for all those years till I came to Vancouver because my daughter said it didn't get very cold here. And when I was out in that snow, and I had this thought locked in my head, my back locks, my back would lock when I would go anywhere that looked even remotely cold. I mean, lock it, it would take days, or I'd have to have a muscle relaxer. And I was out in that dollar-sized snow the other day, and I came home and I had a cup of tea and my back is not locked. <laughs> so I'm, I'm working on writing something called my back is not locked. And it's also the unlocking of that notion, you know, that I can't be in the cold. I can't be in the damp because when I was hurt before I was in a car. But out then I was literally out on Robeson in Georgia, lost in the snow and I mean, the one thing that I'm using that's that's different, there's a plant. Have you heard of a plant called comfrey? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I bought comfrey a few months ago. I bought, bought comfrey and I, uh, I put a cup of the powder in two cups of olive oil and let it extract out. And so I've been rubbing my back with this comfrey. And it's faster than a speeding bullet. It's faster than anti-inflammatories, anything that I've ever taken. You don't drink it at all. But just rubbing it in, it is amazing how much relief it brings to my back. I could be having a little twinge in the middle of the night, rub it in and get in the, up in the morning and jump out of the bed. So I'm going to write a tribute poem to comfrey. <laughs> Uh, and it's so much cheaper than the other things. Everything else that I've had to take or you uh, use a bought was more expensive. And I've let all of those things drop away and just use it. So I'm going to write an ode to comfrey. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris, I've just pasted that poem into the chat for you. Yes, I saw that. Thanks. I'm yeah. just copying it now. Well, I, we're at the end of our time, except we started six minutes in, and I wanted to see if anybody had any thoughts on what these three words are that start, one that starts with B-R, the other that starts with B-E, and the other that starts with B-A. And I can activate our whiteboard. Let's see, wait. Did anybody have any idea of words that start with? Well, appropriate to uh, appropriate to our current topic, burr is a word. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's clever. Well, what I, about you, Ramona? There's a word that you talk about a lot. You mean brain? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay, what about BA? Bargain. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm back. 
Bargain. What did you say? Bargain. Spell it. Maybe. B-A-R-G-I-N. Bargain. Oh, bargain. Yes, you know, all the sales that are on right now. Right. So they say they're bargains. Okay. What's another one that is might be connected to the brain that starts with B-A? Brainiac. <laughs> but that's another B-R. What about back? Okay. Does it have to be in English? Yes. <laughs> because in Chinese, ba is number eight. Yeah, I can only I can only count. I can only count, but I can only count in Hakka. Okay. I'll I'll reveal it. It is Billy. Belong belong. <sighs> just said beloved. Yeah, belong. Be yes, there. Betrayal. Be mm. Betrayal. I say benefit. Okay. Neil said betrayal. Oh. It's a good one. It's a bad thing, but it's a good word. <laughs> Is that the alternative way to spell betrayal? Isn't it E-O? I haven't a clue. Okay, so my idea or pitch for where we have, um, like we said, we have 10 minutes at the beginning of the program for uh, breaking news, but there are some connections between our brains, our belly, what we eat, and our back. And so through uh, infographics, different times, different people find information about these things, but for this month, I want to see if we can particularly find and talk about some things that are good for our brain. The connection between uh, what you eat and how your brain feels, whether you're sluggish, you know, there's some things you can eat and 20 minutes later, you're sleepy and sluggish. Uh, there's some things that you eat and it makes some medicines sometimes people take or some combinations that cause your belly to hurt. And then your back. Uh, we do a lot of sitting, but we're going to be motivated to look at what exercises, what stretches. Has anyone heard of um, aging backwards? 
Okay, I I sometimes fall asleep and I wake up and there's something on the TV that's coming on free at two in the morning. <laughs> but this woman had a retreat. It's a retreat she did in 20, uh, 2018, but it was on aging backwards and it was just movements. And some of the movements where you have to combine two things like stretching and making, you know, doing a circle with your arm that it reorients your brain. So I thought we can look at you know, and and everybody has said that the sitting, long sitting, is the new smoking. It's 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 mm. bad for us. So if we can work in and look at some clever clever ways that we do things that exercise our brain, uh, you know, there's a there's some TV programs and apps that have you do things to exercise your brain. There are massages and things that you can do to massage your brain. Um, for our belly, we don't really think about the number of things that sometimes cause distress, that not necessarily the food, but, but a connection to the brain. That uh, week we were talking about the brain. If we're just sitting and stewing over the bad news or sitting and stewing over a disagreement we have with somebody, it can really get you in your gut. So we want to make some of those connections between uh, your brain, our belly, and our backs because sometimes the sitting, or you think that, you know, people would say, well, if you walk or you're jumping or whatnot, uh, that those things can cause problems with your back. But surprisingly, we're seeing that just sitting in the way that we sit or the need to change posture, the need to turn, just look and see what things we can do, even while we're talking, that make it fun, but show ways to exercise our bodies so that with this increased sitting and this prolonged shutdown, shut-in, where the primary way of being able to be in contact with people is sitting and talking with them. What ways could people bring to the table that we energize our brain, that we make the connection to our belly, and we make the connections to our back, having healthier backs? And if anyone is searching or doing scans around, uh, the show that was that was playing the program um, Aging backwards, you know, it was one of the PBS from uh, I think from from uh, Seattle, and they wanted you to subscribe with one hundred and eighty five dollars. But I'm thinking that this person or other people might have written about the concept of aging backwards. It was just that not seeing these wonderful ages that we're at eighty, a hundred, <laughs> seventy five, whatever. Uh, what are the things there that show that these are places where? Uh, we're going toward a healthier point, not on a decline, but that we're really going from one level to another level with uh, what we're thinking about achieving the new things. Each one of you has something new that you've taken on, but being able to share those things will help give other people hope because some people are just thinking, oh my God, now, now what? <laughs> and so we're going to be the what. And um, as you have ideas or find things. Some people might be more excited about one of the bees than the other. And even bargain, you know, where do you find bargain clothes <laughs> or bargain food that uh, that's not junk food? Uh, I think, Neil, when you said our bodies will tell us what I need, but if people have had long periods of just eating junk food, the body is just saying, give me something better than that, but it doesn't necessarily tell them. So having people who have tried different things or use different things, information we share can help people to get back into where they can feel. What, what has to happen? What is it that makes your body tell you what you need? Um, so those are some of the kind of insights that we'll be, be sharing. 
uh, also have tips from um, some of the tips, like the coldest day, that was a tip or a, a question I think Ramona sent me. There's some other people that have had ideas of things that we could uh, have as a prompt. If what was your favorite movie? What's a movie, you know, show did you hate the most or love the most? Who was your favorite actor? You know, Betty White passed away. And she, was the, she was actually the oldest actor in Hollywood. She'd been in more sto- shows than anybody in Hollywood. So just those are kind of some things to keep in mind and work toward as we go into uh, to January. You are all news people, reporters, roving reporters <laughs> with new things to bring to the table that um, encourage us, but also the people that just listen. There's some people that call and just listen. Uh, you don't see their name or their faces. And then there are people who've heard us on the radio station and have emailed me because I give the PBA um, AFC address on the show. So um, what you say or do is beneficial and helpful to other people. So thank you and happy new year to you. And I look forward to seeing you again next week at one.